most elite competition grips the world of soccer every season. We partner with InfoGoal to examine the data behind some of the biggest matches soccer has to offer and assist you in finding value in the markets. This is the Champions League Betting Blueprint. The return of the Champions League also means the return of the UCL betting blueprint, courtesy of your friends at Pinnacle. Wheels up, everyone. Welcome to the new Champions League campaign for 2022-23. I am Gareth Wheeler, alongside, well, the wizard of Oz is Jake Osgathorpe from InfoGoal. What's going on, Jake? Excited for the new season? Very much so, yeah. It's, uh, it's always a fan favourite, isn't it, the Champions League? The best teams across Europe competing. Um, and usually we have some incredible matches. Not so much in the group stage, but later on we definitely do. Uh, and also welcoming back to the podcast. It's been a while, but he's the best in the business for a reason. I'm sorry, Andrew. You'll have to forgive me of this terrible introduction. Is Andrew Beasley, uh, soccer data analyst and uh, a fixture here on this podcast as well. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, much like Jake, looking forward to the Champions League getting going. We don't tend to have too many surprises in the group stage, but hopefully we can pick out a few bits that uh, people might not have noticed that could be uh, could be interesting. I'll surprise everyone with a better nickname next week. Um, look, uh, we're just a week or so away from match day one of this competition. The entire group stage is played before the World Cup break ensues, so there's a lot of football to be played over a short period of time. And in this very unusual, very rare season with so many fixtures in the build-up to the World Cup. Perhaps there may be a surprise or two in store. The Champions League draw went last week. Uh, you can find all of your odds for each match day, as well as future odds as well on Pinnacle.com. Let's get straight to it. Uh, when it comes to the groups, Andrew, is there a team that stands out for you that might be a good play to advance from the group or maybe even to go on and win their respective group? Well, I think the main thing to remember when you when you look at the groups, the seeding in the Champions League tends to be pretty um, effective. You know, the, the, the teams from the top two uh, pots in the draw almost always get through. There's normally three or four exceptions each season. But on the whole, if, if you go by nothing else at all, if a team's in the top two seeds, history shows that they will almost certainly go through. Um, and the odds in the in the market kind of reflect that, really. Most of the groups, the top two Seeds are the top two favourites to go through. There's a couple of exceptions. Um, group A, Napoli are ahead of um, Ajax in the in the betting. And in Group G, um, Dortmund are ahead of Sevilla in the betting. Um, but I actually think Sevilla, um, as second seeds in that group, might be a decent bet to go through. Um, Manchester City should obviously um, win the group. I don't think there's any sort of uh, surprise or shock in that. Um, but with Sevilla, they played Dortmund last year. They only lost 5-4 on aggregate. And uh, four of Dortmund's goals were scored by Haaland, who's obviously no longer there. So with the history of the seeds tending to go through, um, I think they could be a possibility to uh, get through ahead of Dortmund. Um, my only concern is they haven't started this season that well, but um, they normally do okay in Europe. And I think that's one that could just upset the odds slightly. Well, we'll see what else they may add. Uh, we're recording this podcast before the transfer window slammed shut, losing Kunde Diego Carlos in the back, but perhaps that's contributed to a little bit of a slower start to the season. Is there anything that you see there, Jake, or elsewhere? Uh, no, I quite like Andrew's shout um, in terms of Sevilla making 
what well, being competitive in that group. I think Copenhagen are a side that probably going to be in inverted commas the whipping boys, the team that everyone really should be beating if they're to get out of the group. Um, but yeah, the, the the rest of the groups. I mean, if Bayern Munich were a touch bigger in Group C. They've been drawn alongside Barcelona or Inter Milan. I would have been all over them. Um, they're around one, how was it, on pinnacle at the moment? They're, yeah, they're minus 171 to go on and win the group. Yeah, that's a little bit too short for me. Uh, but I do think they will win the groups. If, you, if you're happy backing a, a short, a really short price, then um, get on them. But one side I was looking at to cause potential upset um, was actually AC Milan in Group E. They're drawn alongside Chelsea, Salzburg and Dinamo Zagreb. Now, many people um, will remember Milan last season as being pathetic in the group stage. They, you know, they finished bottom of uh, Liverpool's group, didn't they, alongside uh, Porto and Atletico Madrid. Um, they got off to a really bad start and ultimately it came across as though they were almost throwing the Champions League. They were focusing on racking up wins in the in the league and obviously that worked. They went on to win the, the, the Italian Serie A title. I think it'll be completely different this time around. Um, during that Champions League group stage last season, the, the team, the mindset wasn't as strong. They weren't as good in, te- in, in just un- in general. They were still very fresh under Stefano Pioli, the very young team. And as the season progressed, you could see that the mindset started to change. It started to just be much more difficult to beat. Now, they've lost a couple of key players in the summer. Obviously, Frank Kessier being one of them, but um, they've retained the bulk of the of the team. You know, they've got Tamori in the back still, who's absolutely sensational. They've got Mike Mannion in the net, who's one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. Um, Ralph, Rafael Liao, who's absolutely outstanding young forward. Um, Theo Hernandez is, is a really, really fantastic left wing back. I'm surprised that um, a couple of teams in the Premier League haven't taken a look at him, particularly teams that like to play a back five, likes of Chelsea. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're drawing Chelsea's group and Chelsea are really short for this. Uh, they're out minus one, two, nine, uh, nine, nine at the moment to win the group. And I just think that the Milan price is too big. I don't think there's a big, as big a gulf between the two as what the odds are suggesting. Um, and, you know, you factor in that in the head-to-head matches, there's going to be a couple of players on the Milan side that will look to make a point. Giroud, who's obviously let go by Chelsea, and Tamori, who's who was let go. They'll be they'll be well up for those head-to-heads. And, and Chelsea haven't really shown much so far this season to, for me to think that they should be as short to win a Champions League group as what they currently are. And let's not forget, last season, they were in a group with Juventus and two lesser teams. I think it was Zenit and Malmo. And they didn't finish top on that occasion either. It was the Italian side that got the better of them. So um, a repeat could definitely be on the cards and, and it looks juicy at a price of uh, plus 3-3-2. Andrew, do you like the Italian champions? Yeah, uh, Jake's made a very good case there. Funnily enough, I was going to um, possibly suggest them for an upset in match week one, um, oh. but he might have uh, convinced me otherwise with his, uh, with his explanation there. The only other side that jumps off the page to me uh, were the numbers at the very least intriguing? It's in Group B, Porto to win the group. You mentioned yeah. uh, they were in a group with Atletico Madrid, and they were the one of the two sides with Liverpool that went on in advance from that group last year. At plus three hundred to win a group, which is weak to me. Leverkusen has got off to a very slow start to the season. They're at plus three hundred three. Uh, Club Bruges, um, I'm, I'm just not sure if they're on the level, but Atletico Madrid at minus 111. I just think that the plus 300, I know that Porto lost Vitinha in Vieira, but the, the side is deep. There's a good mix between youth and experience in that group. Uh, they're the Portuguese champion as well. Plus 300, is that a number that could intrigue you, Andrew? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think um, we always know what we're going to get with Atletico Madrid. You know, there's never um, much action in their games, not too many goals. So it doesn't take much for for things to go slightly against them. So, uh, yeah, that could certainly be um, worth a look. Jake? 
Yeah, that, that's actually one of the bets I've got down in my column on Sporting Life um, is Porto to win the group. For many of the reasons you've just said there, Atletico Madrid are far from convincing just in general, uh, even less so this time around. They've actually lost quite a few key players. Um, obviously, Renan Lodi's just left to, to Nottingham Forest, a left wing back who started. And I don't know if anyone watched the game against Valencia the other night, but the, the team was just unrecognisable pretty much. They got Axel Witzel playing as almost a, a third centre-half um, with a very defensive-looking 5-3-2 formation. So, yeah, I definitely don't want to get them on side. Um, Porto, as you said, they're the champions. I think the main thing for me is that they've kept the manager, Sergio Conciusao, who is a, you know, is a bit of a miracle worker, the stuff that he does there, consistently losing the best players year on year and, and managing to keep the team extremely competitive. Um, they were actually in Atletico's group last season, really unfortunate to finish third. They were the better team in both head-to-heads. Um, the second head-to-head got a little bit out of hand in the 70th minute. I think there was two red cards for Porto, then a red card for Atletico Madrid, and it was just chaos ensued. Um, but yeah, they, they've got uh, a lot of really experienced players at this level now. Um, I think that they'll have more more than enough to to finish above Leverkusen and Bruges, as she said. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's definitely they're definitely the value bet in that group. I wouldn't be touching Atletico Madrid at that price. They're intriguing to me. Um, maybe conversely, the other way, Jake, is there a side that you don't want to touch? You maybe want to stay away from just because of the balance of the group, or or maybe a difficult path to navigate to get through the group stage. Um, out out the favourites. Not really, no. I think every, apart from Atletico Madrid, I think every favourite will pretty much cruise through. You look at Liverpool in Group A, I think that that is that is a tough draw for Liverpool. I think it's similar to last season in terms of, um, of the quality and the depth of the teams in there. And I think there's one team that you'd really think that Liverpool will just walk over. Um, Group C is, you know, very competitive. You've got Bayern, Inter and Barca. I well, think Bayern will one. cruise through. Um, yeah. From what I've seen from Barcelona so far, you have to say they've looked very impressive in the Liga and, and they'll only get better as the game weeks progress. Obviously, brought in so many players, haven't they, in this off-season and getting them to gel so quickly. Um, it's a really impressive feat from, from Xavi. And they're so deep as well. And, you know, one of the things you said there, we're playing six match weeks before the World Cup in, what, two months' time? Plus there's an international break in between. So these games are being crammed in um, and the teams with the deeper squads and the better squads will probably fare better. And that, that has to be a positive for Barcelona in that group particularly because I don't think Inter Milan's squads as deep or, or, or as full of quality as Barcelona's. Yet, you know, the recent history... Bayern Munich, Barcelona has been completely one-sided um, in, in Bayern Munich's favor. I know Robert Lewandowski goes over to Barcelona, but that's the group where, you know, one of the, the sides that would be considered the big dogs. And I'm including Inter Milan in that conversation because, you know, we'll, we'll see how this Barcelona team comes together because in recent seasons, they've looked more of a Europa League side than they have a Champions League side. But perhaps these signings will do the trick, Andrew. Is, is, is there a chance that Barcelona may have to find another lever to pull because I think they pulled three or four already to fit all these players into their side and have them registered. But what if they don't make it through this group? Is that an actual realistic possibility? Do they have any levers left? I mean, that's the big question. (laughs) Um, No, I I think they will get through the group, but um, clearly this is probably the closest there is to a, to a group of death, the uh, beloved phrase in that there's three very strong teams. um, One of whom will have to go out. Um, But as Jake says, they've, they've been looking good so far. They've got, they've, Signed some a lot of good players somehow uh, with all these levers, and um, yeah, I think they are um, rightly expected to to get through the group. Probably a bit harsh on on Inter Milan, but it, it is somewhat difficult to see them getting through. Uh, you can, if you like Barcelona, go on and win the group. Uh, that plays at plus one ninety on Pinnacle. 
All right, let's go futures market. Some big picture here. To reach the final, uh, when you look at the numbers here, Manchester City are the favorite side on Pinnacle to reach the final at plus 167. PSG second, uh, plus 248. Liverpool plus 281. Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Spurs, Chelsea, Barcelona rounds out that list off the top. Um Aside to make the finals, it's always a tricky play for me as obviously there's another draw after the group stage. And oftentimes it comes down to that first place team who you're drawn against in terms of the second place team. But Andrew, is there there a number that maybe sticks out to you and a side that you might want to back here? Well, I was I was looking at it and it was uh, all the usual suspects, you know, the, the, the same teams more or less every season. I would not be taking a look at Tottenham, who are sixth favourites to reach the final, which seems um, way too short to me. I mean, um, obviously, they've improved a lot under Antonio Conte, but they don't have uh, they, this team hasn't played um, in the Champions League recently. And also Conte has a weirdly poor record um, in the competition. Uh, I think he's had one quarter final from five attempts with with stronger teams than, than probably this Tottenham team. So that's one that sort of stands out to me as one to avoid. I mean, beyond that, as I said, it's it's kind of the usual suspects. I think I'd possibly have Bayern Munich slightly higher up the, the betting than that. But I mean, it, it's understandable why Manchester City and PSG are the, are the top two. But um, beyond them, I think maybe Bayern Munich be uh, the one for me at plus 300. Jake? Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I think the only reason you're getting this price and, and you're seeing them fourth favourites in this market is because of the draw in the group stage. Um, they've they've arguably got the two toughest teams that they could have possibly drawn in Barca, in Barca and Inter Milan. So, yeah, that's the only reason you're getting Bayern Munich at this price. If, um, if they get through the group as we expect, uh, I expect them to win the group quite comfortably, then, you know, this, this price is going to be... Um, be made look to, well, made to look very very silly in the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, the other team I like PSG this season. I really do. Um, I think that they've actually now got a uh, a good coach who appears. I mean, not that Mr. Maurizio Pochettino isn't a good coach, but uh, Gaultier seems to be getting the best out of the players that he's got at his disposal. He seems to be playing a a system and a formation um, that's providing a good platform for um, for Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, and you know it, it's. Kind of sounds weird, but they've actually been fairly smart this summer at PSG. They've not spent millions and millions on, you know, big flashy players. They've brought players in that they actually need, that actually strengthens the squad and, and sort of corrects weak areas. You know, you mentioned Vitinha, who, who's obviously left Porto for, for PSG. Renato Sanchez, who had another really good season at Lille. Uh, he's joined his sign, Mukieli from Leipzig. And, and the young forward, Eketike, who uh, was linked with Newcastle for quite a long time. I think even just having him there um, on the sideline... You know, he's a young player and, you know, you've still got Icardi on the bench, uh, on, on the books for now at the time of recording. Um, and you know that as a young player, he's just there. He's happy to play second, third fiddle and just learn. Uh, he's not going to be kicking up a fuss and making a, you know, throwing his arms up in the air about lack of game time. Um, so that was a really smart sign to bring someone in who would be quite happy to just have a couple of years learning from the likes of Messi, Neymar um, and just just keep the kind of, you know, the the... The, the real positivity that's been going around them for the last um, three, four weeks since the season started. And yet they, they've got, a, they've got a kind group as well. I think they should easily progress um, through their group. The only real test is Juventus and I don't really rate them very highly. So um, yeah, I think PSG could have a really good, good campaign this time around. Uh, speaking of easy groups, I look at group F and the champions in Real Madrid, the fifth shortest odds. I, I know it's difficult to go back to back in this competition. But Not this if side you ask Real Madrid. Have, it's well, very easy for them. Well, but I'm, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, this team might actually be stronger than they were a season ago. Like the players that went out, Bar Casemiro, were kind of bit players, you know, past their best days. Isco, Bale, you know, Mar- Marcelo. Like this is a side at plus 409. The, the odds, that was the one side for me, Andrew, that uh, that jumped off the page for me. Yeah, I can understand why. I mean, obviously, as a Liverpool supporter, it's quite painful for me to talk about Real Madrid in the Champions League. And I'm sure fans of uh, Chelsea and Manchester City probably feel the same way at the moment. I mean, it's always so hard to know how they're going to do. I mean, they should have been knocked out in every round, uh, every knockout round last season. They were largely outplayed in the final and yet they got through they got through every round. So, you know, the sort of uh, data side of me would say, you know, don't back them. And then obviously the sort of... Uh, the uh, more fanciful notion is that well, uh, they'll just they'll just get through again because it's what they always do. Um, I mean, they they are certainly looking good, and I you know I certainly wouldn't rule them out. But um, they were just so fortunate last season. They are the only team who could probably do that again. But um, obviously, uh, with my biases in place, I'll have to hope they crash out in the group stage. But I, but I can't see it. Unfortunately. <laughs> PSG, City, Liverpool. Uh, Jake, anything to add on that? No, Andrew hit the nail on the head. Um, very fortunate Real Madrid to progress in every single round. Um, you know, speaking of PSG, they were a side that dominated their tie against Real Madrid for 120 minutes. And then Donnarumma just had a, a moment, momentary blip, let them back into the tie and, and you know, the rest is history. Th- that's the kind of thing you get in these knockout competitions. Not always the best team doesn't always win. Um, and I don't think Real Madrid were the best team in the competition last season. Uh, you need a lot of luck in these knockout rounds and, and sometimes you can defy the data, which is what they did last season. And ultimately, it is very much doable again. If Lady looks on your side, um, these knockout games are a lot more luck involved in the actual winner than there is um, the you know over a thirty-eight game season. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I I agree with you. I think Real Madrid are um, they're they're in a better place this season than last season. They've obviously brought in a couple of extra reinforcements at the back. Uh, Rudiger is obviously slotted in there at centre half, uh, which means they've got extra cover at left back with David Alba able to to, to push out there. Um, I, I don't think getting rid of Casemiro a bad thing. I think it's just the evolution of the of the Real Madrid team. Um, you know, the likes of Chimani and, and Kamavinga are going to get more game time anyway. So just throwing them in their early doors and getting them some some uh, early game time at the start of this season, I don't think it's, a, it's an issue at all. So yeah, I, I definitely think that um, that yeah, they, they probably look a little bit big to me, uh, particularly because as you said, the group's fairly easy and, and you would expect them to get out of that quite quickly. And it seemed like in Champions League, whenever a change was made in central midfield and Kamavinga and others did come on the side actually fared better later on in games. Uh, one thing that Real Madrid did have is they had the best player in the competition, the best player in Europe last season, scored the most goals in the competition as well with 15. That's Kareem Benzema. As we shift over to the top goal scorer market this time around, Benzema is the third shortest odds at plus 692 to come away with most goals in the competition. Erling Holland plus 354 uh, followed by Killian Mbappe, both shorter odds at plus 650. Uh, do you like one of those names, Andrew, or is there another name that sticks out to you in terms of the goal scorer market? Well, they're the obvious choices. Um, I think, again, probably my bias at play, but I quite like the look of Sadio Mane at plus 2775 if you're looking for a bit more of an outside bet, because over the last five years, he's scored the second most goals in the knockout phase um, of any player, and obviously he's likely to be the um, main scorer for a Bayern side that we've said have a good chance of going deep into the competition. So um, if you're looking for a value bet, I think you could do a lot worse than than look at him. I mean, other than that, it, as I say, it, it is the usual sort of suspects. I mean, Haaland has already shown 
in these early weeks for Manchester City that he doesn't have to be involved in the play very much at all and he can still score a hat-trick. So um, he's certainly a worthy favourite. And as always, you would expect City to go deep into the competition until they sort of stumble in some way that you couldn't have possibly imagined before it happens. But um, yeah, he's, he's understandably the favourite and I think he stands a good chance of uh, scoring the most goals. Jake? Yeah, I, I've got two selections out here. First one is is Haaland. Um, I think he's rightly favourite. And, you know, you, you only have to look at Man City's group, Sevilla, Dortmund and Copenhagen. I think the latter two, in particular, Dortmund and Copenhagen, are two really defensive teams that, that City can exploit. And we talked about a team who average around two and a half expected goals for per game. Again, it's a small sample size. We've only had four matches in the league, but... Erling Haaland so far has averaged 1.37 xG per 95, which equates to around 53% of City's total. So if that continued over the you know the, throughout the entire season, if we include the Champions League and we expect them to, to rack up two and a half xG uh, per match, then before you know it, he's going to have racked up about 15 xG uh, before we've got to the quarterfinal stage. So there's every chance that Haaland could absolutely run away with it, given that he is the focal point of, of this Manchester City team. Uh, and, and, you know, he's he's got proven crap track record in this competition, hasn't he? I mean, he's played for Salzburg, scored a hat full of goals, played for Dortmund, scored 10 goals as well in, in, in a full Champions League um, season. So, yeah, I, I think he's a worthy favourite and he's probably a touch big. I'd probably make him a little bit shorter. Um, I think mm. Mbappe... The issue I have with PSG is that they share the goals around too much. You know, you've got Mbappe, Messi, Neymar. I mean, Neymar's top scorer in the league at the moment, and he's um, a bigger price than the three of those, uh, than the other two. Um, Lewandowski, his odds look big. They look big. Uh, if, Bar- if Barcelona have a, a, a run to maybe the quarters, he's a he's a group stage goal scoring merchant, is Lewandowski. Um, but the issue he's got this time around is that he's playing in a very competitive group, and that might hinder them uh, and him in this market. Um yeah, Salah is always going to be a threat because he's he's now Liverpool's main goal getter. Um, yeah, I, I think the, I like the Mane shout, but the only issue I have is that I, they that similar to PSG, they seem to be sharing the goals around quite a lot at the start of the season. Dubai Munich, in terms of they've got the likes of Muller, Nabri, Sane, Musiala, they, they've all contributed. Uh, the goals are coming from everywhere rather than just one focal point, and I tend to prefer a focal point, which means I'm. Gonna, I know you're not a big fan of Tottenham's chances, but I think Harry Kane looks backable uh, at plus 16-21. Fairly easy group, Marseille, Frankfurt, Lisbon. Um, and they, they they are creating plenty of chances under Conte, and, and he is the focal point. If there is a chance to be finished, it will likely be him that scores it. Uh, so I think he... he in, you know, he's got six games really to rack up as many goals as possible before potentially meeting a difficult opponent in the knockout rounds. And I think he could probably get six, seven goals in that group stage. Interesting. Um, Lewandowski was the name I circled at plus nine ten. If you're backing Barcelona in this competition, you back Lewandowski at that number in the goal score market. I wanted to turn to Andrew on this one because Dar- Darwin Nunez did very well in this competition last season with Benfica. Now he's on a better, a very good attacking side in Liverpool. I, I, I know that there's strength in numbers in the Liverpool attack as well. But when you speak of focal points, Darwin Nunez should be that player for Liverpool at 25 plus 25, 31. Is there enough goals in this team to go around to put Nunez in the, com- in the conversation? 
There possibly is. I mean, it's obviously hard to say. He's barely played for Liverpool because of his um, red card at this point and his suspension means that he's only played for about 120 minutes, I think it is, in competitive matches. It's not very much at all. I think the interesting thing from those, as, as limited as the sample is, is that almost all of Liverpool's um, clear-cut chances in that time fell to him. Um, so he will get opportunities to score. Um, whether Liverpool are going to go far enough this year for him to win the golden boot, I'm just a little bit skeptical at this point um, more because of their defensive issues rather than a lack of goals I think you know I'm confident they'll get through the group but how deep they can go when um, you know relatively um, you know weak Premier League teams like Fulham and Crystal Palace have had some joy against them you have to wonder how far they can go in the in the knockout stage of the Champions League albeit obviously that's a long way from now so you know things may well have improved from there but um, I think there's too many sort of question marks over Nunes at this point to suggest that um, you know he'll uh, win the Golden Boot in the Champions League or anything like that but I think he will certainly get chances when he plays so he's not he's not the worst suggestion but um, yeah I, I wouldn't be uh, putting a bet on him myself just yet Nunez with six goals in the Champions League last season alright let's turn our attention to outright winner I know Jake you mentioned you like City you like PSG the two shortest odds I'm guessing you think they're appropriately priced and valued here that those two sides should be and are legitimately placed as the two favourites to go on and win the Champions League definitely yeah they're the two teams to beat again in my book um, PSG obviously well both were beaten by the eventual winners weren't they Real Madrid and, and both you could argue were really unfortunate in their tie, respective ties to get knocked out but um, I, I think the pair is short enough I'm going to go back to Bayern Munich as my main bet uh, plus 648 I, I, as I said before I think the reason that they are four favourites in the market is purely because of the group that they're in if they were dropped in uh, in place of Real Madrid and, and had the same group as Real Madrid you're probably looking at them being maybe the second favourites behind Manchester City uh, so yeah I, I'm quite happy to ride with them like what I've seen so far much more fluid as a team without uh, Lewandowski as a focal point it means that they can attack from all angles now you know you don't know where they're going to hit you from um, they've got strength in depth now you know I, they played at the weekend and and Matthias De Litt was sat on the bench and I was like, oh, okay. Crazy. That's, that's pretty strong. Uh, along with Serge Gnabry and, uh, and Jamal Musiala. So they have got a very strong and deep squad. Um, they play in a, in a really expansive manner that's going to mean that they can create chances against anybody. And so far this season, again, it's a small sample size and it is only the Bundesliga, but their underlying numbers have been uh, frightening. I know they were held at the weekend uh, by Borussia Mönchengladbach, but they've averaged over three expected goals for per game and allowed less than 0.8 at expected goals against the game. So they're currently running a, an insane clip in terms of underlying numbers. Um, yeah, I I think that they are the, the, probably the team where we can get the most value in this uh, in this market. Andrew, do you have a play here for outright winner? Not really any different to, to what Jake said there. I think it's very hard to look behind the first four in the market. You could possibly stretch to Real Madrid um, fifth, the reasons we've said that. But I think once you get past there, it's very hard to make a sort of decent case that, that any of the teams will get there. Obviously, Barcelona are improving, as we've said, but um, I think they'd still have to, you know, I'm not convinced they can go all the way just yet. Um, so if, you, if you're if ignoring them as a sort of talk down Tottenham and, and Chelsea and Atletico Madrid, and then you, you're out into sort of Juventus at sort of plus 4,000 and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably going to be one of the first four in the market, maybe fifth. Beyond that, it's, it's, it's hard to make a solid case for anyone at this point. This has to be the season for Man City, right? Like their season, success or failure, will be predicated on success in this competition. Is it naive to just look beyond that one fact that they are built to win this competition this season, Andrew? 
Well, the, the, the problem with Man City is that I think we've probably sat here and said this every time, yeah. you know, in the start of the season podcast. And, 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 it's, and it's the right thing to think that they will go all the way and, and perhaps this will be their year. You know, they, they are favourites and they deserve to be. But whether it's going to be their year, they just managed to sort of go out in all manner of ways that are, that are totally unexpected. And, and that could easily happen again. Um, but no, I mean, you can see why they're favourites and, and this could be their year. As I say, Haaland can score goals out of, of nothing or, or without being involved at least. And um, if you've got that on your side, that, that probably would have gotten through some of the ties in which they crashed out in years gone by. So, um, yeah, I can't sit here and say it's definitely their year, but you wouldn't be surprised if it was. It, it's just, funny. Can I just add something on Man City? Yeah, absolutely. Just, Go ahead. Just because I find it really interesting uh, and I'd, I'll get your opinion on this. The... You can back Man City at plus two forty to win the Champions League. Surely it's a it's a it's a better bet to to back Haaland to finish top scorer at plus three fifty four. Because if they are going to go deep, he's going to score quite a lot of the goals. Yeah. And if they do go deep and get knocked out in you know whatever manner they decide to do it this time around, then you've still got the chance of Haaland going far and, uh, and and scoring quite a few goals. So from a pricing perspective, that just seems like the the better route to take as a Man City angle rather than um, actually taking him to win the, win the overall tournament. And, you know, you, you do have the chance of him getting injured, which could scupper this and he might progress anyway. But for me, at the prices, that just makes more sense rather than backing a team that have shown that they are extremely flaky when it comes to the, the, the crunch moments in this competition. Just backing the, the, the main goal threat to finish as the top scorer at a bigger price. Does that make sense to you, Andrew? Yeah, no, I hadn't spotted that, but that does make sense. As as Jake says, um, Haaland should score quite a few goals in the group stage, and then he's he's sort of well on his way. The goals inevitably dry up as you go through the knock, go through the knockout phase. So if he's made a good start in the group stage, then um, you know that doesn't really get Manchester City any nearer to winning it, but it gets him a lot closer to the to the golden boot. And just hope that Barcelona flakes out and Lewandowski doesn't have a long run in this competition. That sounds like a recipe for success. Before we get to the best bets for match day one, is there anything else that stands out to you that's intriguing? Any value there to be had, Jake? Uh, no, I think we've we've got most of it covered off. Uh, I think there was one top goal scorer that piqued my interest at a massive price. Um, Christopher Nkunku at plus 4,062. Um, you know, People might not know who he is, but he he scored seven goals Fire. in six group games last season. Um, and he, he were in a group with Manchester City and, and PSG. So he did quite a lot of damage against the better teams. And, and this time around, he's in a much kinder group uh, alongside Celtic, Real Madrid and Shakhtar Donetsk. I expect Leipzig to come out of that. I know they've added a few more attacking pieces. The likes of Timo Werner's come back into the um, into the, the the fold at Leipzig. And, and I think they've signed a lad from Salzburg. Is it Sesco? Is that how you pronounce his name? So there's a bit of competition there, but I just think that he he seems to thrive on these European nights. Um, he seems to get more space as well because he's perhaps underlooked, um, overlooked by opponents. So maybe maybe a runner if he has another group stage like that and Leipzig actually progress this time, then he's got an extra couple of games to add to his talent. Yeah, Sesco staying with Salzburg till the end of the season, then joining Leipzig. And he could be in for a big money move, Nkunku, next summer. Like he could be uh, the marquee number nine that's going to go on and play somewhere else next season. Anything else for, for you, Andrew? No, I think we, we've sort of covered the main points. Um, as I said, it, it's quite hard um, for underdogs to, sign, to kind of get through the group stage. So uh, as we said, I think most of the favourites will progress same as they do um, nearly every year, which doesn't make for that much excitement necessarily, but it, it is what normally happens at this stage of the competition. 
so let's turn our attention to match day one. The matches are played on September 6th and 7th. Although it's pretty straightforward in terms of the favorites advancing from the group, that doesn't mean that there aren't upsets along the way. Sharif famously from Moldova, famously beating Real Madrid last season. Uh, um, it, and w- with the compact schedule, perhaps there's more opportunity for some of the bigger dogs to slip up during the group stage. Um, you can find all match day one odds on pinnacle.com. Some decent ties in match day one as well. PSG Juventus, Ajax Rangers, they're back in the competition. Napoli, Liverpool, Inter Bayern Munich. Uh, do any of those matches stand out for you, Andrew? Or is your match day one best bet somewhere else? No, I think um, I think there's a couple of bits there. I mean, you mentioned um, Napoli against Liverpool. Um, Liverpool are, are strong favourites for this, but I'm I'm not quite sure why they're as short priced as they are because they don't have a very good record against Napoli, albeit the most recent games about three years ago. But they've played Napoli twice in the Champions League relatively recently, and they lost both away games. Um, and they got a draw and a one nil win at home. So they've 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 not done very well against Napoli. Um, in those matches, albeit that was under Carlo Ancelotti, Napoli at that time. Um, but I just think as well, with a slightly unusual start to the season, um, albeit winning 9-0 at the weekend, but uh, strange start to the season in which they they haven't done too well on the whole, um, I'd possibly be looking at Napoli to, uh, to win that game. He, and that's me saying it as a Liverpool fan, but I don't think it'd be that, that much of a, of a surprise if they if they lost that one. There's been plenty of change in the Napoli side, Jake. Does that one stand out to you at all? Um, not from a result perspective. I, I think Liverpool are rightly as short as as what they are. Um, I, I'm half tempted to back them, but just given the um, the sort of the lack of options currently due to injuries uh, and that the amount of games that are coming thick and fast. I mean, the, you know, Liverpool played last week against Bournemouth. They've obviously got we're recording this on the Tuesday. They've got a midweek game. They've got a weekend game. Then another one, another midweek game. Uh, I know it's the same for Napoli. Um, but I you know, don't, don't want to sort of anger Serie A fans, but it's not played at the same intensity as the Premier League. Um, and yeah, I, I think that I think the price is fair, but I wouldn't be touching the outright um, or the 1x2. I would actually be looking at the goal line in that game. I think there could be quite a few goals because um, Napoli, ha- they are a very strong attacking team. Shown that already so far this season in, in Serie A. Uh, Victor Osimhen is a fantastic forward who's, if he's still there uh, after the window shuts, will cause some serious problems for, for Liverpool's back line. And, and likewise, Napoli, they, they play such an attack-minded approach, uh, particularly at home. I think Liverpool could pick them off as well. So over 2.75 goals at minus 121 looks good for me in that one. Yeah, Napoli jumps off the page for me. I mean, they've been in the Champions League four straight times. In the Europa League last year, they lost to Barcelona. So it wasn't as if they got knocked out by, you know, just just an average side in that competition. It's just the fact that Insigne, Mertens, Koulibaly, Ruiz, like these these players are fixtures in the side. that They're a little bit of an unknown for me. I'm just not quite sure what to expect for Napoli because certainly Liverpool's season hasn't got off to a flyer um, as well in that first game. Uh, Jake, what, what's your best bet for match day one? Ooh, um, torn between two. I quite like Benfica, minus two on the Asian handicap against Maccabi Haifa. Uh, that's at plus 118. Uh, Benfica, they've obviously they lost Darwin Nunes, but they've actually started the season really impressively um, with his replacement. Let me just make sure I don't butcher his name. Uh, oh, it's a nice, easy one. Ramos. As well, right? <laughs> um, yeah, he he's he's coming up front and he's scoring quite a few goals uh, for them so far this season, particularly in the Champions League knockouts. 
Um, and this this bet would have actually landed against um, in both well all four of their Champions League knockouts. Um, played Michelin twice, and Dinamo Kiev was the last team that they played in that last round. And I don't think Maccabi Haifa are much better, if at all better, than um, either Michelin or Dinamo Kiev. So I think Benfica, particularly at home, um, as I said, this bet would have landed in both home qualifying matches. Um, I think they'll have too much for Maccabi Haifa, and I think that they'll get off to a flying start. And I also quite liked Porto to get a at least a draw at Atletico Madrid. Um, that's at plus 107 on the uh, Asian handicap at plus 0.5. As we've said before, we're not really, well, I'm not really sold on Atletico Madrid so far this season. Porto actually went there in the group stage last season and got a draw as well. Um, so I think that that bet should give us a run for the money. Uh, what do you guys recommend? I mean, some of the lesser lights, Maccabi Haifa, one of them, Shakhtar Donetsk. I mean, it's wonderful that they're even playing in this competition, but they've had to sell off so many players because of the ongoing crisis in their own country. They're going to be playing in Warsaw in their games and, you know, in their opening match, uh, minus 1.75 RB Leipzig is a home favorite against Donetsk at minus 122. That seems okay for me. In these opening games, there's four or five sides I think that you can just write off right away that, you know, just might just might be there, just making up the numbers, and Shakhtar Donetsk might be one of them. How do you approach these games? Are you going immediately to the handicap? Are you staying away? What's the methodology behind that, Jake? Um, yeah, for me, I, I stay away from the ones that I'm not 100% sure on. The, the ones that there's loads of question marks, I think it's smart to, to sort of let a few game weeks pass and then make a full assessment. Um, like you said, Shakhtar, there's so many unknown quantities there um, from how they deal with playing in Warsaw rather than uh, in Ukraine, how they how they line up, what's the team like, what kind of system do they play, are they attack-minded, are they more cautious and, and try and hold hold the fort a little bit um, so yeah the, the, these unknowns are definitely something that puts me off getting involved in those kind of games Andrew anything to add on that? No that's exactly right really I mean you, you can't be sure how to to um, sort of price up these sort of teams and I think as well you know we're, we're very well familiar these days with how teams in the big five leagues play but even now it's quite hard to know about some of the teams in some of the the smaller leagues as we've said none of them are, are particularly expected to get very far obviously they could possibly cause an upset in a in a one-off game and maybe the first game is when they'll catch someone cold but uh but it is very difficult to to sort of predict that from happening as you mentioned sort of sheriff against real madrid i mean nobody would have predicted that and and something similar may happen but but who knows so um no i think sort of steering clear of a, of a lot of those teams certainly until we've seen them play a couple of times um, is the best way to go at this point. All right. I have three plays I like, and then I'll let you three or you two just pick apart my, my line of thinking here. Um, Rangers back in this competition. They've done well in European football. They're an underdog at Ajax in match day one. I'm looking at the handicap plus 1.25 uh, at minus 112. Look, Ajax has lost so many players. Martinez, Anthony, Haller, who scored 11 goals in Champions League last year. Gravenberch, Taliafico, Mazarawi. I mean, th- this is a completely different side. And I think that it's maybe a little bit too short of a line if you want to back Ajax in this one. I think Rangers can at the very least keep it competitive. I've been impressed by the way that they um, they combined to, to, to make it through the playoffs against another Dutch team in PSV. They played them very well on Dutch soil. So I like Rangers with the handicap there. Uh, Spurs in Marseille. I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is. Jake and I talk about this on the 
EPL Insights podcast on a regular basis. I still think Spurs might be a little Spursy. Marseille, again, against the spread, plus 1.25 at minus 117. I think there's some value there. I think Marseille's really invested in their squad this week or this, this offseason. They're, they're a completely new side, and they've really brought in some decent quality there as well. And I like the goal total in Inter and Bayern Munich. It's being played at Inter uh, under 3.25 at minus 118. Uh, you know, asking for four goals from an Inter at an Inter side that plays good defensive football, particularly at home, it seems a little bit much for me. Uh, I'll open up the floor for comments, pick that apart, or maybe you might actually like one or two of those plays. I, I like the Rangers pick. I was looking at myself, getting ranges on side with a handicap. Um, as you'll know from the Premier League EPL Insights podcast, I'm a big Spurs fan um, and have been since the start of the season. Well, since Conte took over, really. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be opposing them at home. I think they're, they're, re- they're a really strong team um, at home. Under Conte, the data stands up well. Um, and, you know, I know we've only got a couple of Conference League games to go off under Conte, but I think that they'll have uh, more than enough to, to beat Mar- a Marseille team who, to be fair, haven't really been tested so far in, in Liga in this season. Um, and then, yeah, you're a brave man opposing goals in a Bayern Munich game. But um, the, you know, the, the, the sort of history of Inter Milan, particularly if you look at last season in this competition, the way in which they played Real Madrid close on both occasions suggests that they might tighten things up a little bit for a, for a better or a bigger opponent coming to town. So, yeah, I no problem with that one, really. Just the Spurs one. Andrew? Actually, I think, I'm not sure. I think um, Marseille with a handicap against um, Tottenham might be the worst shout. I think, um, you know, Tottenham don't score all that many goals considering the, the players they've got at their disposal. So it wouldn't be unreasonable for, for Marseille to keep the game fairly close. So, uh, yeah, I could get on board with that one. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, thanks for backing me there. Uh, <laughs> anything else that you want to add to the equation before uh, our viewers and listeners venture off and decide what plays they want to make ahead of match day one? Andrew, we'll start with you. No, I think we've sort of covered everything, all the main sort of plays here. Um, as we say, if there's, you know, there's quite a few games, it's probably best to steer clear of. So I think we've covered the sort of main other the fixtures that, uh, that might be worth looking at. Jake? Uh, enjoy the football. It's great to have the Champions League back. And sometimes the best bet is to have no bet. Exactly. And make sure that you bet responsibly and absolutely know your limits. And we're providing you the odds as present uh, time of the recording. Look, it's going to be fun. We're going to be continuing this podcast over the course of the Champions League season where it all ends up in Istanbul this time of year. Maybe that's a good omen for you and other Liverpool supporters there. Andrew, Oh, we, a Champions we League final in Istanbul. Yeah, we love an omen. We'll take that all day long. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, we'll remind you, Pinnacle.com is a place to go for your best odds when it comes to the Champions League future and match day odds included. You can follow along with Andrew at BaseTuneToRed on Twitter, at JakeOz, O-Z-Z on Twitter as well, or myself at Gareth Wheeler for your questions and comments. Remember to follow Pinnacle on Twitter at Pinnacle and Facebook as well. Pinnacle Sports is where you follow along on our YouTube channel. On behalf of Andrew and Jake, I'm Gareth Wheeler, wheels down for this week on the Champions League Betting Blueprint.